Hi everyone, it's Aisley. I'm just jumping in before the podcast starts because we realized our audio was a little funky. There was a lot of background noise. We could hear the fish tank bubbling. Um, We're sorry for that and we just got new microphones so we are on a learning curve again. We will do better next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Welcome back to Open to Discussion with your hosts, Aisley and Gwen. Do you want to give them a rundown on yeah. the what's agenda? going on today? Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to do a little check-in. We're going to do a podcast check-in as well as uh, Aisley and Gwen check-in. And then for the plan today, we have both done some research on an alternative psychotherapy or therapy in general. And uh, we're going to be sharing that with each other today, kind of the same style as the last two. Yeah. Uh, And then we're going to talk about it and kind of go from there, and hopefully we all learn something new. Yeah. Um, Before we get into everything, just a quick disclaimer on the topics that we're going to be talking about regarding the alternative therapies. Uh, We just want to mention that it is not a comprehensive research effort that Mm. we've gone on. We've definitely done research. We have a like a tiny bit of background knowledge on both of these therapies from school, but obviously, to completely fully understand uh, a therapy such as these, you really need to like spend a long time deep diving and looking at all the ins and outs and nuances of the therapy. Yeah, which obviously would take a lot of time. Um, so we just want to know. We just want everyone to know, like, this isn't necessarily the uh everything there is to know about the therapy yeah uh we're by no means experts it's just surface level general information stuff Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about today obviously since we're both going into the um field of psychotherapy this is something that interests us i think a lot of people are are recognizing the importance of taking care of your mental health so with that, there's going to be emerging therapies, just as always, and um, therapies such as the ones that you're going to hear about um, are probably eventually going to be becoming more known, yeah. talked about, so um, it's just a, yeah, some and info. Just a general reminder, I think it's important to question what you're being told and that's not a bad thing I think it's important to think critically I think it's important to just really you know use your brain for a second be like hey does this have value to me what does this mean where's my information coming from and yeah so we're just going to be bringing up two different alternative therapies we're not here to say it's right we're not here to say it's wrong we're just going to be Bringing it up as face value, and then we're going to be talking about it, digesting it, and thinking about it in, from our lens and our perspective. Yeah. So yeah. I think. So just be mindful of that as you're listening. Yeah. Um, so podcast check-in. Yay! We are getting microphones. We're currently at my Aisley apartment um recording as I have my microphone right now and Gwen's is coming in um so that's a super exciting 
new development. The audio yeah. should be much more crisp and clear. We did run into some bumps while we were trying to record this. Yeah. So we're trying out with the microphone a completely new um, system? recording system. Yeah. Um, so it's like legit. It's got a lot of buttons, a lot of settings, and we're trying we're still not learning. To, yeah, we're trying not to touch a lot until we know. So hopefully this goes off without too many issues. Yeah. But if it does, we're in the learning process, so we'll learn from our mistakes. Exactly. And if you have any solutions, if we do come across anything, send us an email. Open to discussion podcast at gmail.com. So I was good to put that little plug in there. <laughs> yeah. Um our check-ins now, I think the podcast check-ins. Yeah, I think that's really that's oh, the we only wanted new to thing say that's exciting. going on with the podcast. And also thank you guys for continuing to listen. Yeah. And thank you guys for tuning in now. And liking? No. Rating us. Rating, following. So you can follow uh, on certain things. And uh, thank you for the people who have been leaving um, ratings yes. on Apple Podcasts. It's always much appreciated. It helps more people find the podcast. It does. Um, it, actually, have you looked at our analytics? I can't believe I forgot to tell you this. No, not yet. So um, before it was just Canada and Netherlands was the two countries that we were in, okay. like where people would listen. Now... United States. Woo-woo! Someone in Ohio listened. So, thank you. Shout Ohio. out to the state of Ohio. <laughs> it was just very exciting. I was so excited to see that. Um, the small things, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yay! Check in. How, how's it going, bud? Good. I had a awesome weekend. I'm feeling really like rested rejuvenated I gotta see my pets for the weekend I had some really good R&R time with my partner some rest and relaxation it was just a nice break from the ordinary and an exciting just some us time which I don't know I quite liked and yeah I'm feeling really good other than my wrist has been hurting since Thursday and I need a like bandage it or something that's just me I don't know what's going on that's not good yeah I couldn't even drive yesterday like with the steering wheel and I had to get to drive but other than that I'm good I'm feeling really good right now and uh I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to learn because what I've heard about your therapy the one that you're researching Mm -hmm. is well we can talk about that when we get to the therapies anyways I'm good. I'm happy. The sun is shining. How are you? I'm good. Um, I feel really tired lately. Like groggy, waking up groggy almost every morning. Today I actually woke up and felt pretty good, thankfully. But um, if you listen to the other episodes of the podcast, you may know that Adam, my partner, and I got a kitten recently named Walter. And he has the kitten energy of... Sorry, I don't know. Like, just a super hyper 10 kittens. Super hyper 10 kittens. Like, he just has destroyed the apartment, destroyed the bottom of my feet. He's he Actually, he scratched pretty deep into the bottom of my feet. Oh, my goodness. Like, play fight? Yeah, he was under the couch, and I was, like, you know, just sitting and had my feet, like, oh under no. or, like, near. And he just took a big old swipe 
Um, so I love him so much, but I've just never experienced this type of kitten energy before, and it is a lot. Yikes. But other than that, I'm doing really well. I finally got my yeah, master's um, application uh, letter. Letter of intent finished, and that's all sent off. Good to go. So now it's a waiting game. So I'm I'm excited for September. I'm just ready for it to be here. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. Also, I've been watching the thing and it's like 245 seconds, and I'm like, what is that in minutes? But yeah, I don't yeah we really can't tell how long we've been doing this for. No, it's 247 bar. One, so, two. Well, okay. Uh, new uh, new um, thing, we're just technology, we're trying to figure it out. So we're not like crazy going over time or crazy going under time. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll see how we'll long just it takes. naturally go yeah. with it. Um... Should I start? Yeah, I think that's what we were going to do. Yeah. So, <clears throat> today, folks, I have got in front of me my papers of research that I have done. I say research very, very, very lightly. Um, so, today, I'm going to be talking about, I feel like a, a presentation for school right now. I know. Uh, EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and reprocessing. So I was very unfamiliar with this. And so when I quickly just like Googled it on WebMD, it was like in bold. It, it said like, and I'm quoting this, fairly new, non-traditional type of psychotherapy. Okay. So I was like, well, you have my interest. Let's see where this goes. Um, and I've taken my information from two two sites specifically one's the EMDR of Canada which is like an okay. organization that's a good um, place to get it from <laughs> yeah so sense. I just wanted to like you know Canada put it in there and it like basically has like is like the board for like registered EMDR therapists to like follow appropriate standards um it's also qualified as a nonprofit. um obviously they support the therapist and professional development and research across Canada. Um, so it would be like us a, registering right. with a CRPO. Exactly. So it's just like the, the, the body of okay. governing for this type of therapy. Got it. And the other place, if you hear me moving my papers, whoopsies, hopefully because of the microphone, they this won't. little fancy doodad will cut that out. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then the second place I basically got the most of my research from is the EMDR, EMDR International Association. So then okay. that's the international one. But I really just wanted to, like, stay true to the roots of, like, where this is coming from. And obviously there's so much research out here, so much research trying to prove it or disprove it. We're just taking, I'm just taking. Or improve upon it. Exactly taking this at face value, presenting it from what I've learned from their websites. And there was, like, scholarly articles attached to them and whatnot. But, yeah. Awesome. So, basically, there's, like, there were a lot, a lot of disclosures. Not disclosures, but, like, things before I could actually figure out 
what eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, what that uh, therapy looked like. Um, but things that were being stated on the Canada website was that it's, I just like put a few that I thought were important to share at the beginning, um, coming from the EMDR Canada website, that it's an integral, integrative psychotherapy approach um, and like leads into other mental health practices. And then here I put in brackets, can be, but the quote was, an effective treatment for trauma-related problems. That was putting it out there, that's what they said. And then another quote was, helped millions of people of all ages relieve many types of psychological stress. Okay. Um, so with this method specifically, they stressed what processing was, because I'm going to be saying the word processing a few times, and it doesn't mean talking about it. Processing literally means about like how it's being kept in your brain, okay. like how those memories are being stored, um, and that's what I'm talking about when I say processing, because... That's good to know. Because when I hear processing, I hear, like, talking. Yeah, like, like, processing it verbally. Exactly. To understand it better. But this processing is very much like a... Mental? Yeah, but, like, not even on, like, a subliminal met level. Like, cognitive? Like, unconscious? Yeah, there we go. Words are hard. <laughs> um, and then processing creates... To process... You have to be in a certain state, and then it's, you're digesting the experience or whatever you're bringing to therapy, so it can be properly stored in the brain. That's how they said it would be. Um, so when I was basically looking at, like, what does this mean? What does this look like? Um, it came up with a lot more, like, little statements before even trying to understand what the therapy process would look like. Um... So basically the goal is so that things like memories, ideas, concepts, um, beliefs can be stored and I'm quote air quoting properly, but they kept using to be stored properly. Okay. So, so they're understanding, they're understanding properly. proper, which from my means being stored with the appropriate, appropriate emotions in a way that will help you live a happier, healthier life. Okay. Uh, which doesn't everyone kind of want that? I mean, I feel like that's generally every therapy's goal. Goal, yeah. If it's not, maybe look into it <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to achieve this, sorry, it's so cute. Um, <laughs> to achieve this, uh, in this therapy, positive pathways will be created in the future. So. Yeah, and inappropriate emotions, beliefs, and body senses will be discarded. So, literally on my notes, I wrote, what? With a question mark. <laughs> because I had to do some digging to figure out... Because at this point, I was like, I don't even know what the therapy looks like. But they're yeah. saying all these things like, um, inappropriate emotions will be discarded. And I'm like, how do you just discard inappropriate emotions? That's interesting. Inappropriate emotions. Because... Aren't all emotions appropriate, appropriate at certain times? But here's the thing. I think they mean unhelpful emotions. Emotions. But I'm like, but at the same I'd time, argue that all emotions are helpful. Yeah. To some they're way. They're there for a reason. Or coping or... 
That's interesting. Yeah. And then I continued going down this rabbit hole, and it said, unresolved... Unresolved experiences equal, can be equal to, or create negative emotions and feelings, negative emotions, feelings, or behaviors. And then that can lead you as a human being to be pushed in the wrong direction. Okay. Which seems very judgmental as in wrong direction, right direction. What does that path look like? And in terms of your life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And then finally, at the very end, the goal is to leave clients with emotional understanding and perspective to help them, that helps them lead, gosh, I can't even read my writing, this is bad, (laughs) to lead a healthy and useful behaviors and interaction, a healthy life, to lead a healthy, do you want me to see if I can, where, to lead a healthy, to help lead to healthy and useful behaviors and interactions and yeah. I don't know I, I think that was useful was like behaviors because the whole thing is about <laughs> like storing things so you can then go back into the world like reprogrammed they never use that word reprogrammed I just use that word reprogrammed okay but Clinicians have reported successful treatment in the following areas. And there's a long list. (laughs) So, post-traumatic stress, panic attacks, complicated grief, disassociate disorders, disturbing memories, phobias, pain disorders, performance anxiety, stress... Management? Uh... Stress, addictions, sexual and physical abuse, body dysmorphic disorders, and personality disorders. So those are pretty big claims. Yeah. It's kind of saying, like, we can solve, this can help solve majority of mental health issues or disorders. Right. Which is a big claim. Which is a huge claim. But I think many therapies claim that overarching thing. But there are some therapies that are geared specifically towards certain types of disorders. Just as an example, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, is very often used uh, with BPD, borderline personality disorder. And it's one of the most uh, effective treatments. So in certain cases, there are... Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But treatments as in, like, it's not... Like, it's, I'm quoting when I say curable because, like, right. it's just, like, with coping with. Yeah. Curable is a, tri- is really not a great word yeah. when you're talking about mental health in any way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. It was treatment and, so, yeah, a lot of different terms. Um, and then, finally, this one was probably the most helpful one when I got to the EMDR uh, International Association because at this point there was so much on the website of Canada that didn't actually tell me what this process would look like if I signed up for it. All it said was like here's all the things that it can do, here's what it can help you do and I was like this seems very fluffy and I want more concrete things. Like I want to know what's going to happen when I walk through this door. Right. To go. And I want to 
which is fair. <laughs> kind of with anything, I'd like to know. So there's eight phases. And in these eight phases, there's three things that will be covered. Past memories, present disturbances, and future actions. So the first phase is history and treatment plan. And this can take, yeah? Uh, wait, does it always go in that order? Yeah. Okay. It's very, like, regimented from, from what I have gathered. Okay. And towards the end, I quoted this because I thought it was very funny. Not funny. Not funny. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting, interesting because uh, they literally compared it to antibiotics and it says needs to complete the entire process before discontinuing. Oh. So it's like, this is the process. And if you start it, it's really apparently frowned upon if you stop. And I was like, is that because they want money? Or like, if you stop halfway, like what's going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. And they didn't. They didn't, they didn't explain why. They just okay. compared it to antibiotics, but like a viral like, antibiotics are different than mental health. Yeah. So. And, like, the comparison may be valid, but they need to explain yeah. why. <laughs> so, the first phase is history and treatment plan, and this can take approximately one to two sessions. And I think most therapies have this. Talk therapies, physiotherapies, anything is like, hey, where are you at? Why are you coming here? What's your history? What do you want to achieve with this? Yeah. And so, that's basically what that thing is, that like those sessions it's like what brought them here um and then client clarifying like what their goals are signing contracts signing contracts yeah All although that. interesting this whole time i haven't seen like they didn't say anything about confidentiality they haven't said anything about that which maybe i didn't see that and maybe that's something that when you were going to look for a therapist is more you would find. Yeah. They may not have that. Um, I have a question, but I want you to finish first because I may answer it. Okay. Okay. Hold it. Don't forget it. Yeah. Phase two is called the prep phase. And this can take approximately one to four sessions. And in this phase, um, you will be taught specific techniques. And then I'm quoting... To rapidly deal with any emotional disturbances. And I was like, well, damn, if you can teach me a way to deal with emotional disturbances quickly, yeah. sign me up. Did they use specifically the word they rapidly? Did. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Rapidly deal with any emotional disturbances. So it's, so I guess the idea of this is that it's a quick, like a quick, you do these steps and that you should be quote-unquote, cured. Not cured. Yeah, not cured. <laughs> not cured, quote-unquote. But, like, yeah, it should be effective within this time frame. Right. Because just for reference, some, like, psychoanalytic Analytic, therapy yeah. is 20-plus years. Yeah. Which, anyway, we won't even go but into like, that. Um, but then regular therapy could Comparing be... Comparing it to, like, CB, yeah. CBT... Or a regular, going to a regular psychotherapist that uses a combination of yeah. traditional therapies. It could be, it's so personal. It could be anywhere from six months to ten years. It's, or then there's also, like, crisis therapy. Exactly. Which literally is, like, depending on what's going on, it can be, like, Dealing two weeks that. to six weeks. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, and it, they will teach you, re I've got the hiccups, <laughs> relaxation techniques. Um, but basically, this whole stage is to build a relationship and trust 
um, from the client and the counselor or therapist. Um, so this whole stage is like prepping you of like how to deal with things when they come up in like the therapy part. And so number three is the assessment phase. The client, okay, so the client is prompted to access a targeted memory. So the reason why they came. And a lot of it did have to do with trauma, like, like EMDR, uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing literally oftentimes is connected with like helping heal trauma. Okay. Um, so they gave a lot of examples and I, I feel like I should have written them down because I don't want to. Oh, I gave, I did write it down. <laughs> so, um, right. is prompted to access a targeted memory. So whatever traumatic experience that might've been. Um, and then the example is that they're trying to change the, the thought or idea of I am unlovable to I am lovable. Uh, but, not but, however, they then, the therapist will also go into um, how, are tr true, how true or false is this belief. And they use a scale called VOC, Validity of Cognition, and one is false and seven is true, and it's a scale. Validity. Validity. What did I say? Validity. <laughs> Validity. Thank you. Yes. And then, um, again, like, negative emotions are fear, like, fear and anger were the negative emotions that they gave in this example um, that they're trying to make smaller, diminish. Okay. Like... Have reduce. more control over, maybe? Yeah, no, not as much control, but, like, a reduction. Okay, okay. Um, and then they also use the SUD, a SUD scale, um, subjective units of distress from 10, from 0 to 10, 0 being no distress, 10 being the worst distress. I think I've taken that test before. I think my, when I was, uh, my doctor was trying to decide what anybody, or not any. What antidepressants to put me on? Mm. Um, every time I went in, I would have to fill out a like suds like depression anxiety type yeah. form so he could assess like if there was any improvement. Yeah. Anyway. Well, side note. <laughs> good. Good to know that you you know. Um, and then reprocessing for a single trauma can take around three sessions. Okay, that's really but not like, much. But, like, that that includes, that doesn't include the one to two sessions at the beginning, right. the one to four, and then the one to three, or the three, right? Okay. And so then, here, desensitization, this is where the eye movement comes in, this is where, I was like, this is what I have been waiting for. What it's named after. What it's, wait, what it's named after. And, ironically, I have written the least in this stage. <laughs> Whoopsies. So, this is when the desensit I'm using air quotes to desensitize basically your trauma, your experience, your memory, your emotions, whatever's like that like hot point for you is you're trying to reduce how much it impacts you. Okay. Essentially. And so they do this through the disturbing elements will be resolved. 
Like, that, that was what they said on their website. Like, that if you do this correctly, the disturbing elements of your trauma, your memories, your beliefs will be resolved. Um, so the therapist will lead clients through different techniques of eye movements. So, like, I'll ask... If I was a therapist, I would ask my client, example, Aisley, to think of her, like, some the reason why she came in here, a traumatic memory, but you're not talking about it, you're just thinking about it. I'm not telling you what you're that is. You're not talking about it. Well, you, we can talk about it in the history and why you came here in the assessment. Okay. But, like, you could literally tell me as much as, like, yeah, when I was younger, I felt uncomfortable at home. And apparently off of that, I have enough information to do my job. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like, but you obviously in the thing, during this process, you're allowed to disclose as much or as little as you want. Um, But apparently, even if you don't feel comfortable disclosing, like little bits of disclosure like that are enough to make this um, Effective. effective. As long as you're thinking about it. As long as you're thinking about it. Okay. And so then... In some of the videos I watched, they'd, like, move their finger in front of their face so their eyes would follow it. Um, and sometimes it would be in conjunction or after, like, they'd start tapping on certain parts of their bodies. Okay. And, but, like, obviously that is consented to before. Like that? Uh, Isn't that what our one prof had us do a lot? Yeah. But it, it would be, like, in, like, certain spots. Certain spots. I don't know. I just only got that visual from the, like, short videos that I watched. Okay. And they would also sometimes play certain sounds. Like, it could be different frequencies. It could be animal sounds. It could be... Okay. And would that, the sounds connect to the trauma in some way, or...? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I don't think so. Okay. Um, and then... Right, so if you're thinking of it while all this is happening, the concept, the whole idea of this is that you, your brain will reprocess it, and every time you give yourself exposure to it in your brain while being stimulated by uh, a different touch, a different sound, and with your eye movements um, being a certain way, it will take away the negative emotions from it, making it easier to have a new perspective on that experience and making it easier to process it without it, like, like taking with, over. Yeah. You're able to now have it in your brain with being like, oh, I was bit by a dog when I was younger as more of a fact than as a trauma. Right. So you may not look at every dog you see and be triggered. Right. Like, with fear. Exactly. whatever. Yeah. And so, that's where the eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing comes in. Okay. But that part had the least amount of information because I'm like, how does that work? What's the theories? What's the science? Where where does you thinking about it and me, you moving your eyes, how does that work? I, I don't have that answer. I guess maybe it's one of those things you'd really, like, 
We'd either have to talk to someone who's a therapist that does this work so they could maybe clarify and how exactly they do it. Right. Or it's something that genuinely you have to experience for yourself because maybe it is slightly different. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever done therapy with a therapist who offered this. Yeah. So, to my knowledge anyway. Mm-hmm. I never have taken part in anything like this. So, we still have a few more steps. Okay. There's step five. Did I answer your question yet? Because I know you no. had one. Okay. But I, it's not relevant to the step, so I'll just wait till after. Okay. Step five is installation. Installing it into your brain? Basically. Okay. Okay. So the D sense... Oh. Okay. So in this, in this stage, they actually clarified what should have happened in the last stage. So the desensitization process, um, so the example, this is the little example that they gave, uh, but so we can use the dog example we gave because it might be a little bit more like listener friendly. So if you were bitten by a dog when you were little, Mm -hmm. that may leave you feeling powerless. And the goal of step four with the eyes and the tapping and the sounds and you thinking about it should help you, and obviously talking about it in the assessment stage, if this is your goal, should help you to realize that now as an adult, you have more choices and more strengths that you didn't as a child. So you feeling vulnerable then and continuing to feel vulnerable, you needed that like lens shift, that adjustment shift. Okay. And that shift apparently can easier happen once you've reprocessed it through eye movement, Taps and different sounds. Okay. Um, it's almost like, I think of it as like recalibrating. Yeah. Like, cause you know, like if you're, I think it was an iPad, I don't have an iPad anymore, but like you could calibrate the screen and you had to like tap different spots on the screen as it mm. told you. Yeah. And it's kind of like an advanced recalibration of human psyche. Mind, body, soul. Yeah. That's And so interesting. now in step five. The, cl- the, the client in this example is now, I am capable, right? I'm an adult, I'm capable. So in the, instead of thinking I am not lovable, I am unlovable, in the installation step, they would have reframed that thought to I am lovable. Right. Okay. And, but this huge disclaimer was made that in this stage, you can't make anyone forget about the bad things. Right? Like, it's not about forgetting about it. Like, it's not just like, whoops, it's gone. Healing. Right. And you can't make anyone believe anything positive. You can't believe, like, you can't make someone believe things that they don't want to believe or unbelieve things that they don't. Like, it's not like, quote, hypnosis. So it's the same type of principle of, of ethics that, we, that a, a regular therapist would have to follow. Not even ethics. Like, it's just not possible. Through this oh, therapy, I that, see. that's not ever going to happen. But I'm okay, like, I got it. I don't know. The mind can do some powerful things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so now this is like reaffirming your new thoughts, reaffirming your new found set of whatever it is, and like really installing that new processing into your daily life. Right. And so now number six is the body scan. Um, And I really associated this with the mind-body connection, but it didn't specifically say that. Did you want to say something? 
Uh, did it say how many sessions the installation? No, was? it didn't. Okay. The last three, there it's no, nothing. They're, they, okay, they're like figure it out. <laughs> Do this yourself. Um, and so for my note, I just put mind body connection because I thought it was really interesting. And throughout this whole process, it was kind of like a mind body connection, but they never actually specifically said that. So the goal of this stage um, is to bring up the original target, so the reason why you came in, what you're trying to reprocess, the trauma, but that's what they call the target, without feeling any body tension. So it's like, if you've done everything correct up until this step, correct, good, not good or wrong, but like, in theory, through this process, if you're, when you're here, you can talk about being bitten by a dog and you're not going to feel anxious. Your stomach isn't going to turn. Your heart isn't going to start to race. You can be like, yeah, I was bitten by a dog. That's the thing that happened. That's the thing that happened. Now I have the tools. Now I have all the things that I need. Okay. Um, and then positive behaviors have an important, are important, but need to be believed on more than an intellectual level. So it's basically just saying that, like, if your body is still, if you're like, yeah, I was bitten by a dog, and your stomach is sitting there turning in anxiety and stress, then it's like, you get it in your head, but your body doesn't get it. Like, your okay. body's still being scared. So it, you, somewhere along the way, one of the steps maybe wasn't done correctly or perfectly, and yeah. therefore it didn't take. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, up until this point, I'll, I'll talk about it again later. I'll talk about it later, because I just thought of something really interesting. Okay. Um, and then step seven is closure. So, I've quoted this. So, this step is to, I guess, it said, ensure every session ends feeling better than they did at the beginning. And I put a huge question mark on that, because how can you ensure that? At the end. At, yeah. Like, how are you positive that every session will end? I guess you'd need to ask the client to, like, self-disclose. But I mean, like, if, if you're a people pleaser, if you have perfectionism, if you yeah, have perfectionist yeah. tendencies, of course you can be like, oh my god, I feel so much better. Thank you. Which people do. We exactly. talked about this in one of and our like, classes. That that's, And that can almost be harmful. That can be harmful mm -hmm. as well. And so I just thought that, that it was really interesting because you don't always need to leave a therapy session feeling amazing and happy. Yeah. So I, some think, of the best therapy sessions I've had, I've left feeling right. a little bit shaken. And then I've had to, like, go back home and kind of process what we just talked about. And then maybe, like, in doing that, by the next session, I'll have more clarity and yeah. more shit to bring up. Exactly. So I just thought that was a very high expectation, not only to put on as a therapist, but then to put on your client. And this was on which website? This one was the international one. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then number eight is reevaluation. So at this point, the therapist will check in with their clients. What are their needs? Uh, most feel immediate release with the MDR. MDR. EMDR. EMDR. 
Um, and so on a surface level, like I understood what they've told me. And then here, here they talked about the comparison to antibiotics. Okay. Needs to be taken completely before discontinuing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's all I have. Okay. There's obviously so much more. Sorry, I just kicked it. What was your question? So, obviously there's a governing body. In Canada. In Canada. Right, because there might not be everywhere. Elsewhere. So the govern body, governing body in Canada, do you have to be a registered therapist of anything else to be a EMDR that, practitioner? I don't know. But I know that... I'm quoting, I'm using air quotes. Um, extensive training is needed. Okay. So I'm hoping that there is... It's, it's just very interesting because that's something I was very curious with mine. And I had a bit of a surprising discovery. Yeah. So, um, which obviously we'll talk about later. But it was just... Uh, yeah. Inter- like... Yeah. Because... With all the claims this is making, I would hope that they're using, like, therapists who have had actual, like, le- like school. Like, they have yeah. certifications of therapy in some way. Yeah. And here's my thing. I think my takeaway from all of this is any type of therapy, any type of medication, anything that's supposed to help you, because I think mental health and overall wellness is so important, but it's like... Your mind is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, the placebo effect, mm-hmm. it's a thing. It works. It's important. And it's valid as well. But my thing is, it's like... Like, uh, if you're doing this and going through this experience where someone... Like, you're moving your eyes and, like, someone's really believing in you in this therapeutic setting and is tapping you... And, like, here are all the things that should happen. You can believe that it happens even if there's no actual therapy happening in the actual eye movement. Right. The therapy might be the entire process. That might be the therapeutic experience. Right. So I just find it very interesting that it's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say what I'm, what I'm feeling. Like, I think anything can be therapeutic, but I don't think everything's therapy. Oh, 110%. I agree. Right. Like making your tea for breakfast and like savoring that can be therapeutic. Yeah. Whatever. Self-care can be therapeutic, but that's not in itself a therapy. Yeah. And I think when newer things are starting to come on the horizon and like anything new like it goes through a process before it's and new in psychology terms yeah isn't what you would it's not 10 years old it's not 30 like it might be like 50 years old but in psychology that's new that's new so yeah and so it's just I don't know it's just like what if they believe that this is working and then it works, which is great, but it's just like with anything, I think when it comes to like mental health, the vulnerability and the ability to maybe take monetary advantages of clients 
mm. in a way. And because when it was like, must be completed to the end. And I'm like, what if this therapy isn't working for you? What if it's re-traumatizing you? What if, what if the therapist you have isn't effective? Effective. What Then it's like, can you just switch to another one? What if you want to cut it off completely because now it's not helping you? But, like, apparently it's really encouraged to follow it through to the end. But I'm like, at the end, your goal is this. And if you get there and it's not there, you must continue until you get there. But then I'm like... Mm. Some, yeah, some people may just never be able to get there. It might In that therapy. Setting, yeah. yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. Do you think you would, after doing what research you've done on this, do you think you would consider this as a... A therapy for yourself? Honestly, it's going to come down to... Because I didn't see... I tried looking for, like, how much do sessions cost. And if we're looking at, like, two for this, three for that, we're at five, four for that, we're at nine, and then there's three more steps, so, like, let's just say... But I mean in place of regular therapy. Because regular therapy is going to cost you probably over $100 to, like... Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm not closed to it. But I, like, my thing is, because there's only so much you can find on, and I guess there's a lot you can find online, but, like, I would feel more comfortable answering that question when I've sat down with someone and I'm like, oh, we have a connection. I trust you. You've told me about it from your experience and how you work as a therapist. Then I think I'd go there. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. I'm really person-connected type of person. So it's like, if that therapist and I are going to click, then yes. I'd be open to it. Okay. What, what do you think? From what I've heard, personally, I think I've done a lot of therapy. I've been in therapy since I was 12 or 13 years old, off and on, but more often than not, I yeah. was in therapy. So I've done... I like to think I've done a lot of work and grown a lot. One thing I've noticed with in most of my therapy sessions is while we do sometimes talk about a specific trauma, it's never like, I've never really just focused in on one specific traumatic event slash experience and done something just for that. Yeah. I don't, from what I'm hearing about this, I don't think for me it would be super beneficial because I don't think, I think that, like, for me, my trauma is, like, a lot of it is little thing after little thing after little thing after little thing compiled on top of each other. Right. So, it, I, for me, it's more beneficial to look at it from, like, a broad perspective and, like, draw lines between this and this and this and connect them, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But honestly, because I'm in this field and I want to be able to know more and offer lots to my clients, not that I want to do this, but like maybe I meet a client one day and I'm like, whoa, you I think would benefit specifically from this therapy. Right. I think maybe it would be beneficial to know the process. But like you said, I probably wouldn't go into it unless I knew. Yeah. I really clicked with the therapist because it's there's such a... It feels like there's a lot of trust. Yeah. and Like and any a, therapy, And I it's guess. kind of like a, you're committing to 
this process from A to B, or from A to Z, Z, whatever. Yeah. And that is, I'm assuming you wouldn't do one session and then three months later you pick up and do the second session. It's probably like bi-weekly or however yeah. they choose. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems like, I just think having like research, researched, quoting the air quotes on this. And looking into it, when I was writing it down, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's comprehensive. And now that I've said it, I'm like, I'm left with so many more questions that mm -hmm. I wasn't with before. And talking about it just makes me so much more curious about it. And with that being said, if you're someone who has maybe experienced this therapy, like been a client doing yeah. this therapy, or if you're a therapist or a practitioner that, that um, offers this, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, no, that would interest, yeah, I think that would be so interesting. Yeah, whether you wanted to actually, like, talk on, on the here, podcast or, or just, just email, confidential, yeah. like, we, we, we'd be open to it. Yeah, for sure. That and I think interesting. if you know more about it than we do, and you'd like us to, in, in a future podcast, address maybe some things that I've misspoken to, or... Mm -hmm. Please correct me because I'm open to corrections. Like, I'm only human. We make mistakes. And I was also thinking about this because in mine, I realized, which I'll touch on when I get into it, but the, it's just more... I just kept finding, like, oh, it's so much bigger than just this. It's so much bigger. Yeah. So it's really hard to encompass something in just an hour, but especially two things yeah. into an hour. So, if there was ever the, like, want, desire, whatever for it, uh, we could, like, do a deep dive into one that yeah. maybe, like... Or a new one. Or a new one, yeah. Then we can bring up our urine therapy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but, yeah. That was, that was good. I like that. That was good. I also, like we don't know anything about urine therapy, by the way. No, yeah. It, it was kind of a joke. Yeah. But... But it's a thing. Apparently, it's a thing. And if you want us to talk about it, we can, we can. Gwen is down. She was gonna, she was gonna do a little segment on it, but, but I just ran out of time. And yeah. So, okay. That is the conclusion of rapid, nope, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Now. That's. Aisley, teach me. Okay. Um, so I, uh, researched rebirthing therapy. Okay. Um, so rebirthing therapy can also be referred to as rebirthing breath work, and it's an alternative therapy used to treat specifically reactive attachment disorder, and it, it utilizes a specific kind of breathing meant to help you release emotions. I got this off of Google, like Google's definition for it, because I just wanted a quick, quick. little... And that's how I started. Now, if, if you haven't heard of rebirthing therapy, maybe you've heard of holotropic breath work, which okay. is something we talked about in, in school. Yeah. Um, so there's so many, like, depending on where you look, who's offering it, it's referred to as different things. Now, there is such a thing as, as holotropic breath work, which is... Um, I always read more in line with, like, psychedelics and, and that kind of thing. 
But there's apparently holotropic rebirthing breathwork as well. So there's that, which I'm not, I'm not focusing on. And then there's also water rebirthing, which is apparently very often way more intense than dry rebirthing. Um, so like physically in water, you're in water, your body yeah. is, is a therapist in water with you or just you? I got, I didn't go into yeah. it honestly. Cause I like literally at the end of my research while I was tying everything up, I was like, Oh, here's something on water rebirthing. And I clicked it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a whole, whole new... other thing. Let's not. Um, so we're going to be focused on dry, dry rebirthing, rebirthing. therapy. Um, which is what you will traditionally hear about if somebody's talking about rebirthing therapy. Okay. If they're talking about water rebirthing therapy, they will specify water rebirthing therapy. That's fair. So if you just hear rebirthing therapy, it refers to And dry. I feel like you'd know in their story if they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> and my hair got wet. Yeah, yeah. I was put underwater. Exactly. Um, so I, because this is specifically used... As a therapy to treat reactive attachment disorder, I went into my handy-dandy DSM-5. Great. And I wanted to give you guys um, some essential features of reactive attachment disorder, what it looks like. So the DSM-5 says, it um, adverse child care, abuse, neglect, insufficient caregiving, or changes too frequently in childhood has apparently caused a child to withdraw emotionally. The child neither seeks nor responds to soothing from an adult. Such children will habitually show little emotion or social response. Far from having positive affect, they may experience periods of unprovoked irritability and sadness. Um, so that's from the DSM-5 Made Easy by James Morrison, if you are interested in the book. Um, so what that looks like in adulthood is often like a really difficult time forming attachments to people especially close relationships yeah now uh, reactive attachment disorder is considered to be very difficult to treat the standard treatment is intensive psychotherapy and there's like actual treatment centers for it okay at where they don't offer this and one of the treatment centers was like we've never heard of this what are you talking rebirthing about? therapy no yeah. no i know oh. but the the center's like what are you talking about yeah get that out of we've here. never used that for this so that's just some context for this therapy. Like, it's not recognized as a as an actual way, like a traditional way. It's not used by medical people to treat reactive attachment disorders. Okay, good to know. That that's really good to know. Yeah. So rebirthing therapy or breathwork was invented by Leonard Orr. Hold on. So you can be used interchangeably. Yeah, rebirthing breathwork, rebirthing therapy. It's the same thing. Okay. Because I have an idea if in my head what rebirthing therapy is like. But if you said breathwork therapy. So I guess Leonard Orr, who is the guy who invented it, referred to it as rebirthing breathwork. Okay. In a lot of his uh, uh, writings Ratings. or whatever he... Books? Publishings. I don't know if he... I honestly didn't look at any of his books or whatever. Okay. Um, but I told, what were we just talking about? I know we're talking Breath about work. things. Talking about the different. Yeah, oh yeah, he used it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he used 
uh, rebirthing breathwork, but like it's used interchangeably. Cat answers your question. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so it was invented by Leonard Orr in the early 1970s, who proposed correct breathing can cure disease and relieve pain. Um, Leonard Orr supposedly developed this therapy after he relived his own birth while in his bathtub. Okay. Um, or use rebirthing to also mean rejuvenation. So, okay. rebirthing therapy, rejuvenation therapy. But it's interesting that this whole therapy sounds like it came from his own personal experience and what worked for him. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just a crazy concept that... Sorry, not to derail this. No, no. But I was talking to my family earlier today. I'm like, crazy concept that, like, what works for you and your beliefs and your lens and lived experience might not be what works for everybody. Right. And so it was just, like, that was a crazy notion. And, like, it was kind of crazy when I had to learn about it. But it's just, like, a gentle reminder that how you live and how you think and your experience is not everyone else's. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just... He was like, it worked for me, but it's good that he wanted to, like, help people with his own experience. It also didn't go into any details on what happened in his bathtub. Like, oh. what it exactly was that he experienced. Now, I really didn't look, because I was like, We're, I'm not going to give you a whole history on where this got created. Right. Because it's evolved past there. For ultimately. sure. Okay. Um, but I thought it was just important to know... Where it actually originated right. from. It wasn't some study that different people were, like, working on together. It was just one guy that had an epiphany in his bathtub. Cool. Which, hey, I mean... Good for you. There could be... That could end up being very valid. Um, so there's now a rebirthing therapy association called the Association of Rebirthers and Trainees International. Short form, A-R-T-I-R-D. So, um, like I said, obviously this is considered to be an alternative therapy that many, (laughs) there are many skeptics and disbelievers and some claim that it can actually be dangerous. And it was listed, I was looking at like books that talked about it and it was funny, the books that came up that were talking about it because it was more books like anti-quackery organizations and stuff like pseudoscience or alternative therapies, real or harmful, like things like that, rather than really polarizing. therapy, here's yeah. everything you need to know about it. It was more like shock value. Exactly. So, Interesting. yeah. Um, now, one thing that you may, if you've heard of rebirthing therapy, it may be because of a big news story, um, but this happened... I believe, I can't say for certain because it wasn't completely conclusive in what I was reading, Um, but in April of 2000, there was a 10-year-old girl in Colorado who died at the hands of four rebirthing therapists. Um, Wow. She was being rebirthed to overcome uh, reactive attachment disorder. But at four years old? No, she was 10. Oh, did I say four? But still, ten is very young. So I'll get into that later. Um, Like, the age. Okay. So, yeah, she was diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder, and her parents, or her mom, brought her to a rebirthing therapy center where she worked with four uh, 
rebirthing practitioners, and she ended up dying. Now, the, re the rebirthing therapist reportedly pushed the girl's body against pillows and wrapped her head in a blanket to simulate the womb of the mother, of a mother. Um, and the girl ended up suffocating. Wow. So, both, all four therapists and the mother were facing charges. I didn't look to see what happened with that because it wasn't really relevant. I just, notably, like, that was kind of one thing that brought it into mainstream, which is obviously when you're bringing something more into the mainstream, bringing light to it, you don't want it to be done with someone dying from it. Right. But. It's important. Yeah. And. To know. There's a lot of negative connotations with it because of that. I did not know that. Now, when I was looking up what had happened, um, another rebirthing center and the people, the, uh, the Association of Rebirthers and Trainees International said they've never heard of wrapping someone in blankets. That is not something that is supposed to be done. That's not something that's like practice practiced okay so that's notable too that like the association is of like rebirthing therapy were saying that yeah. is not correct practice they were not practicing rebirthing therapy correctly so we do have to be mindful of that too right okay so how what rebirthing therapy, therapy like the process so on average it takes about an hour that's a typical session session of the breathing itself. Um, but you would meet with the person. Would this fall under talk therapy or is it just body? There's elements of talk. Like, just wait. Okay. I'll hold my horses. So the breathing technique is described as a circular breath where the inhale and exhale are connected. There's no pause, it's continuous, and it actually puts you in another state where you're processing thoughts, feelings, and emotions, spiritually, mentally, and physically. It's a big claim. That's a big claim. Big so, claim. to embarrass myself, it's, I watched a video on like how it's supposed to be, and okay. it's basically like, <laughs> your cat just looked for over an, at you. For an hour. And the, the rebirthing practitioner is, is with you and there to keep your breathing, like, you know, like if it's trailing off or whatever, they're there to help you stay on track. I think that would send me into, like, an anxiety attack. Like, it's, a, that, like, feelings of anxiety are there and, and they're, and sometimes people's breathing will change because of that. That's apparently the practitioner's job to guide you through that, be talking you through the breathing and that passes and you keep going wow okay so um it is recommended by rt association of rebirthers and trainees international if i say rt that's what i'm referring to um it is re recommended by rt that you have a trained practitioner with you for the first 10 to 20 sessions rt states that blankets are never used and children very seldom undergo this type of treatment, and it is specifically geared towards adults. Yeah. So that's another thing in regards to the death. They prob the center shouldn't have been taking a ten-year-old to begin with. Anyway, so okay. in that in a death case, it sounds very much that it was user error, like the therapists were negligent completely. Right. Anyways, back to how this how this works. 
Um, many rebirthers believe that unconscious experiences... Is that what it's called? Rebirthers? Yeah. Okay. That's like... There's... It's called rebirthing therapy. There are no rebirthing therapists. Oh. They may call themselves that, but they're not therapists. It's not recognized. No. Um... So, many rebirthers believe that unconscious experiences from the type of birth you had may have helped shape your life. May. This isn't So, like, C-section versus vaginal. Yeah. Okay. So, for instance, a person born by by C-section may look for shortcuts to everything. Someone with, like, a four-step birth who had to be, like, uh, pulled out with those things may dislike being controlled by authority figures. And a premature maybe baby may grow up feeling like an intrusion. Um, interesting. Which is something that I feel like would be an interesting study to yeah. to look at. Because I mean that like that sounds like there could be some legitimacy to those claims to some extent in my, in my head. Right. Um, not for everyone, obviously. Um. Okay. So we'll go into like the steps. Uh, the step-by-step process. Now, each rebirthing practitioner may have, like, their own flavor of how they perform this, just as with every single therapist. Therapist, yeah. Um, so step one, you'd begin with a conversation between the rebirthing practitioner and the client. Or, in this case, they're not called clients. They're called breathers. You have the rebirther and the breather. So... Can, not a... You know what? No. Never mind. Um, so that's step one. You're, you're having a conversation. It's basically like typical sessions, like therapy sessions in, in that you will talk about what brought you here, what you're hoping to get from it. They'll give you a rundown of what's going to happen, anything you may feel while you're breathing because it's going to feel very weird and and might be a little bit scary at first. Mm. Step two is the actual rebirthing process. So the breather will lie down and is guided into a breathing rhythm, which again is called circular breathing. The rebirthing practitioner helps the breather stay on track with breathing, and the breathing itself goes on for about an hour. Wow. And that's enough, like, and I was just practicing, and it made me go lightheaded. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, for an hour, you definitely be put into a different state. Yeah. Um... Step three, the breather discusses the experience with the rebirther and they may give exercises to do at home to help them manifest their life situations. So, um, maybe... Interesting that they... Did they use the word manifest? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe they... Maybe you re-experienced a trauma while, like, you saw it while you were going through this and maybe you didn't even remember that it was a thing, for example. Like, maybe it's something that you're, you're, uh, like, had been repressed in your memories, and Mm -hmm. then maybe it came to you. So they're there to help you process that, to go over any worries, thoughts, whatever you may have. Um, however, it's, like, this isn't, uh, something you do once and you have an aha moment and then your life is better. Okay. It's recommended to rebirth at regular intervals as it allows you to maintain a loving feeling in our everyday lives. That's what they say. So for many rebirthers, it's something like meditation that they will do on the regular. 
Okay. So maybe it's something big. I see how that can be similar to, like, meditation. Like, yeah. I mean, it, breathe, meditation often is breathing. It's yeah. just a very different type of type. breathing. Um, so it's something that people will incorporate into their everyday life and into their, like, self-care practice, essentially. Um, what do people experience? That's where, like you said, like, unless you go to it, oftentimes you have no idea exactly what is going to happen or what it's going to feel like, especially since it's so unique to every person because everyone has their own life story. So some people report experiencing memories of childhood, repressed, or memories that they, they remember. Um, some will have memories of birth or memories of recent events. About 30% of reported cases have re-experienced their birth. I can't, is that, like, can you remember your birth? I don't know. I think, I like to think about, like, in class where they, you know, in our psychology classes, where personality isn't really set until the age of three. Yeah, like... But memory-wise... like memory wise. Well, and that's the thing. Usually your memories don't stick till around that age either. Exactly. But some people will say they have memories from before they were three. So, I mean, how do we know, right? Because we have to... Yeah. It's self-reporting. So, according to this, 30% of reported cases have re-experienced their birth. Or what they believe is them re-experiencing their birth. Well, I don't want to, like, I find that that's kind of almost invalidating to say that. I don't know. I just think it's, that's just me being skeptical. Because, like, I don't know if that's... I, I think, I don't know. I think when you start using that language of what they think their birth is, when they, if they're coming out of it and saying, I re-experienced my birth, okay. for them, I think they re-experienced their birth. Whether we believe it's real or not, I think to say that they didn't is kind of invalidating. I say that also because I watched a YouTuber who went, who broke down their experience. And yeah. it does sound super weird. But maybe it's the, like you have to go through to understand it. I mean, I think that's with pretty well everything. I'm just saying. It's always important to be careful of how you word things. And I think when we say what they think that is like. Yeah. Because it's not like we have any reference for what that is like. Right. So we can't. Anyways. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, where was I? Okay, so the breathing rhythm causes, and this is a whole quote. The breathing rhythm causes an energy flow throughout the body, and this flow washes through any tension and blockages in the system. The subtle form of vibrational energy permeates every cell and clears out the negative charge in the cellular memory of the body which has in store every experience a person has ever had since conception and in many cases even before. Once the breather surrenders to bliss, there is a shift in consciousness and they go to the next level where they may see something about their life. This could be described as watching a movie of your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make, make sense? So when they talk about it like that, it sounds very scientific and like very... Like the cellular level. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like... That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where I went in and looked up a YouTuber's experience. I wanted to, I wanted to hear someone talk about their experience. Right. Um, so this is the experience of Bright-Eyed with Wonder. 
if you're interested in watching her whole video, this, she talks very emotionally and like it's very impactful how she talks about it, so I'm giving you the bare bones of it because obviously I can't, if, if you want to watch it, go, go watch, watch it. it, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Um, so she said she experienced healing energy. And when she first went in, she felt like soft vibes is how she explained it. Like just going into the room with the rebirther, she instantly noticed like a softer vibe feeling. I mean, um, he doesn't want that, right? <laughs> yeah. Then when she went through the breathing process, she originally felt a connection with stardust. She said she felt like she was stardust at that time. And she felt and had visualizations of herself going through the vaginal canal. Then the feeling of the doctor's hands. She actually said, like, she felt the doctor slap her butt. I guess they do that to babies. Um, and then she felt herself being placed in her mother's arms. And I don't... She didn't go into the background of her relationship with her mother, but she said she felt a sense of forgiveness towards her mother. She was recognizing her mother's own pain her humanity as her own individual person, bringing in this new child into the world and having to rearrange her entire life. Like, she had that... The feeling of being a baby while also having that conception in your brain of knowing all these things mm. and feeling deep love and connection to the mother. Um, she also felt like... Oh, sorry. While she was talking about this part, like, well, it, near the end of when she was talking about what, stuff with her mom, she began to, like, cry and, like, get teary-eyed, and she was like, I don't know what's happening, but whatever. Like, it's just emotional talking about it. Um, she said it was a profound experience. Um, it was, like, it felt like she herself in that moment was holding space for herself to heal and love with a sense of peace and serenity. And then during some point in this process, her future self visited her. Like she saw herself, but she could tell that it was from the, like her from the future. And um, she didn't state whether like she had a conversation or anything, but just being in that presence, it gave her a new sense of appreciation for herself. And acknowledgement that she was doing the right thing. She was on the right track. And to forgive herself. And to take care of her for her future self. But also for her child's. Her, her past child self. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I... How she explained it. Um, it's very interesting. I was getting goosebumps just listening to it. Like, it was just the way she talks about it. You can tell in... Like, she gets choked up. Like, it was very, a very impactful, profound experience for her. Um, so I wanted to see what actual registered therapists were saying about this. There really, I couldn't find much. But I did find one therapist. Her name is Kim Waters-Rose. I believe she's from the U.S., though. And she recognizes that it's, well, it's not something that she offers she said that she has recommended it to specific clients when she's felt that it is it, it may be beneficial for them 
She says, for those that are looking for personal growth in their life and don't have any clinical disorders, what I found is that rebirthing therapy goes a lot faster. So it's good to know. And I mean, like, in, I don't want to say normal, but like in traditional talk therapies, elements of breath work are used, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, if this is just, not just, but if it's, Maybe an elevated combination with, like, a more intentional purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spe- yeah. Specific. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, so are these rebirthers licensed therapists then? And I wanted to find RT's website. Well, guess what, guys? They don't have a website. Actually? Yeah. Then how did you find out about RTs? They have a, like, their manual online that you can print out. Okay. So, that's interesting. So, I just went through that because that's all I had to work with. Okay. Um, and I'm not... The only thing I'm going to, like, share with you from that is specifically RTs Sponsored Rebirther Requirements. Sponsor, what you, sorry. Sponsor, so, like, them recognizing you as oh. a rebirther. Okay. So, you have to have been rebirthed ten times by a man and ten times by a woman who has graduated from Rebirthing 2000 or the RT school, the RT rebirthing school. But could you go to the RT's rebirthing school? Uh, I think you have to. Okay. Eventually. Okay. I don't... I, it's very confusing. Um, and then you have to have had five different clients that you have rebirthed, and they have had to pay a minimum of $40. For each birth. Yeah, rebirth. Um, and each client has to do it ten times each. Interesting that the gender matters for that, but... That you have to be rebirthed 10 times by a man and 10 times by a woman. Yeah. So in total, 20 times. Right. And then you'll have to have five different clients. So in total, you'll have to do 50 rebirthing sessions. Right? You have... No. Yeah. Because you have to get rebirthed 20 times and then... And then... Help others rebirth. You have to have at least five different clients who have paid a minimum of $40. And you have to help each one of those five people rebirth 10 times. Oh, okay. Then... 50 in total. That's a lot of rebirths to do while not being acknowledged by this organization. Yeah. Um, And then uh, all feed, and then you have to have each of those clients that you're rebirthing fill out a client feedback form and then return it. and it has to be given to a your sponsored rebirthing trainer. Um, okay. This trainer will evaluate them and continue, yeah, it help them, like, what do you need to change? So you can make adjustments as needed, which is, of course, like, good, good. practice. Um, then you also have to attend uh, the next available RT international event or board-approved equivalent, which I believe also costs Cost money. Costs money. Um, okay. You have to have graduated from the RT Rebirthing School or have completed RB 2000. 
which is rebirthing 2000, which I'm pretty sure means 2000 hours, I think, if I can remember correctly. correctly. And then you have to be a member of RD and then pay your current the fees. Dues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and requirement for maintaining that is um, you have to attend an RT international event every three years. But how do they how do they get the word out if there's no like website? website and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. And like it, it it did have like recommendations for what you should be paying a rebirther to train you, and it's two thousand dollars per session. But like if you're thinking like I don't know if that means being rebirthed or like it's very I feel like for me to if I wanted to be if I wanted to be a practitioner yeah I would need to call someone and ask them to go through their manual with me with me because there's so many different like things about this many hours and doing this rebirthing this many times and rebirthing this way and it's all very interesting it definitely it gives me um, the RT side of it at least. I say this very lightly because it gives me pyramid scheme vibes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because when okay when you were talking before about uh, the birthers and the breathers, what are rebirthers, they? rebirthers and, and breathers. Mm-hmm. I was like interesting because that like. When you say it like that, it doesn't sound hierarchical at all, yeah. which I'm quite a fan of. But knowing the process, that is a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And restructuring hierarchies and giving different names and different identities to people is a big cult thing. And so it just sounded really interesting when I'm hearing like all these little, like for me, that I would identify as red flags. Okay. It's just... I'm not understanding. Like, do you, when would you not say that? Like, most therapy is like that. Like, because you have a therapist and then the client. Yeah, and and maybe it's just because I've accepted that more than breathers and not breather breathers and rebirthers, right? Right. Are you saying because like they're the ones that are able to rebirth you, and you're the one that is being rebirthed? There's some sort of no. It just. I don't know, maybe, like, me understanding why they they want that language would help me understand it from okay. a different lens, but, like, I've also just been watching maybe one too many cult videos, and a, a huge part of it is reforming identity with really subtle power dynamic shifts. Let's do an episode on cults, Let's do please. an episode on cults, Yeah. Anyway, back to therapy. So maybe that's just where I'm at. And then when I heard the RT thing about not having, for me, not having a website means not being transparent. Yeah. And then that's a huge, anyways, I'm not trying to say that this is a cult. I don't know enough about it. I'm not, I don't even know enough about freaking cults. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's a lot of things (laughs) that I'm like, oh, hey, that's a red flag for me as, I think, like I said with mine. Proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. And when... You have vulnerable people, there's a huge, you can take advantage of people so easily, financially especially, but when it comes to psychologically and mentally, I think that's a huge thing where I really want to protect vulnerable people. Yeah. And like, that's a huge importance for me. And when I'm not 
clear on something and I can't like find who they trained under, how much they've paid when it's not super transparent. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, and, and that's what, like, and I wanted to go mostly off Artie because it seemed to be, like, the governing body, but then yeah. it was in the end when I was like, okay, now I want to see the requirements of one of these practitioners. And that's when I was kind of like, this is weird. This is not, like, normal. Normal uh, air I, quotes. This is not, like, traditionally accepted therapies? No, no, it's not traditional handbook oh yeah okay so like even when I have I don't know where the book is it's over there somewhere but um I was doing a research project in like last year for school okay about like the psychedelic mm, yes uh, uh therapy and it was there was a handbook for like guided LSD treatments right not legal. Right. Not, like, a, a, a recognized traditional therapy for whatever. The handbook, though, was extensive. It was very ethical. It was very much like you were picking up a handbook, like a CRPO thing. It was laid out in the same way. Yeah. This one was not. Okay. It was instantly, like... Here's the outline, but then here's all these things you have to attend. Like, it mentioned many, like, yeah. so many times about attending their events. And there was lots of things about, like, financial compensation for their own yeah. recognized sponsored rebirthers, what you should be paying them. them. And there was a huge emphasis on that. So it was just kind of like, and in a CRPO handbook or the handbook for uh, guided LSD treatments, yeah, there was no mention of any sort of payments. Or obviously, it's like your ethical. They have to talk about like you can't be paid unethically or whatever, or right, be, you know. But it it just all that to say, it just was it wasn't laid out in a traditional way which isn't necessarily wrong or bad it's just like you said red flag proceed with caution maybe that means you need to look more into it it just when something's advertised as being therapy but you're not registered in any way as a therapist it's kind of like a little shady to yeah. me it, it, I think it comes down to accountability. Yeah. Right? Like, if there is no accountability in that field, or isn't yet, it, how do you make sure you're protecting the people that you say you're trying to help? And, again, like, that's what it comes down to for me when it comes to any therapy. Because, like, even with standards and laws and policies and governing bodies, people can still take advantage yeah. of vulnerable people. Financially, emotionally, psychologically, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... If people find loopholes when there are so many rigorous processes in place. Imagine. <laughs> when there's nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, if you're really passionate about helping people in this specific way, whatever it is, like, I don't know, rebirthing, let's just say you're really passionate about that, 
what sets you apart from the person who isn't passionate about it, but has alternative motives? Yeah. So big question. Would you try this? I don't know. I think this... Because, look, I am all about... Like, I like my crystals. Like, I'm really open to believing things when it comes to, like, the universe in general. But I'm really skeptical when it comes to people. Mm, yeah, and so it's fair. like, if I don't <laughs> know reason. how the organization and process and structure is, it's like, who's there to protect me? Who's there to protect the others? Um, I don't know. I would just, again, my answer is I would need to know more. Um, two things. Yeah. One, I definitely want to try this. Yeah. Like, I want to try this so badly. Not, I don't think I want to try it from an arty, sponsored therapist. Yeah. The, not therapist. Not the right word. Sorry. Person? Um, practitioner. Uh, um, is practitioner the right word? Because I thought that had, they, a, like, a clinical element to it. It does, but that's what they call it. That's what they call okay. it. They, they call it uh, rebirthing therapy, which is what I have some sort of issue with because I'm like, uh, is it? But wh- I'm, I really don't have that big of an issue with it. Okay. Um, some websites called them therapists. Not all. Okay. Not all. Um, most of the websites called them rebirthing practitioners. So I'm assuming that's... And in the manual... It was referred to as practitioners multiple times. Um, I would... When you... I totally agree. Having a governing body is so important. I also just want to acknowledge, though, that, for example, psychedelic therapy, which is something I'm very interested and passionate about. Yeah. Because that's illegal and, like, so... For a long time, especially, it was it was not just illegal. Like, it was so illegal. Like, it was, like, how, yeah. like, that is, like, a huge offense. You don't want to be anywhere near those, caught with those drugs. Now, it's really not as taboo, but it's still not legal. There are underground practicing psychedelic therapists. Some of them are therapists, for sure. Like, they are registered therapists, and that is something they do on the side, underground for people who happen to have an in to knowing about it. Right. And a lot of those, there are people who have had amazing experiences with that. For sure. So there can definitely be people that are, help you who can offer therapy, who aren't necessarily governed by a governing right. body. But it's always so important. Proceed with caution. Do your research. Since if you are going to go to someone who doesn't have that, which for rebirthing therapy is probably, well, that's your only option. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to go to the RT after reading their manual. So I would probably just probably find someone, you know, local or whatever. But it's always important that if there's no one above them to keep them accountable for people's health and safety... Please do your research. Do your... Yeah. Yeah. Always do your research because... Even if there are people to keep them more accountable. Again. Just do what's best for you. Yeah. And alternative therapies are so interesting because... Yeah, they are. I'm a huge believer in equine-assisted psychotherapy. That's 
technically an alternative therapy. Um, and I think at, at some point, everything is kind of an alternative therapy until it it's... It really is. Yeah, proven. Um, I was going to make such a cynical comment. What? I was going to say, until there's a bunch of rich, old, white, educated cis men that say it's okay, then we can all accept it. That, true. But, historically true, future, hopefully not, not true. true. Hopefully. Um, but what was the thing... I know we're probably way over time, but what was that thing months ago, maybe weeks ago, that I wanted you to join me on? It was like a tapping thing. Yeah. I don't know what's that called, what that was called, but like I'm really interested in mind-body connections when it comes to psychological and spiritual development. Like, and I I know what you're talking about because the same prof that you did it with, I did it with for my exam. Yeah. No, but no, like a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, there's this. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, the tapping. But I don't... And I think it has a specific name. Yeah, that's... That that tapping... Tapping... Tapping therapy. If you know what it is, let us know. Yeah. We'll Um, Google it. But yeah, I'm super open to trying things, but I'm also just incredibly skeptical and don't want to be fucked with. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, hypnotherapy? Yeah, I definitely want to try that. Rebirthing therapy, maybe I need to feel more comfortable before trying it. That's interesting. For me, hypnotherapy, I'm like, that sounds scary, and like I'm giving up my control to someone else. This one, rebirthing's kind of the same, I guess, yeah. in a way, but I feel more comfortable with that. That's interesting. Fair. Like, past life regression therapy, love that, want to try that. Mm, yes. Like, all these things I'm so interested in, but like... We should have like an alternative therapies... Hub. Yeah, like... Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. Like, once a month we do an alternative therapies. Very expensive. Oh, something like that. I thought you meant, like, we go try them. I was oh, like, girl, that oh. sounds expensive. That would be Any fun. sponsors want us to... Yeah. We will go try some crazy therapies if you Let's pay for it. Let's first start with the Nordique Spa. <laughs> a massage <laughs> therapy. Get, like, yeah. <laughs> I think massage therapy might be proven to be effective already. Yeah, but psychologically, <laughs> we'll yes. tell you. You pay for us to go, we will report our findings. Um, but no, that sounds interesting. It sounds Sorry. interesting. Yeah. Very cool. It makes me wonder, because obviously, I don't know when that was created, but rebirthing therapy, like early 1970s, that sounds oh. like a long ass time ago, when yeah. in reality, it's, it's not. But what new alternative therapy is going to be created, like, in the 2020s? You're in therapy. <laughs> You're in therapy. Um, so oh, they had feeling. their first conference in Vancouver in 1998. Oh, and then in 2000, oh. in 2000, that's it, just 2000, um, they held another conference in Toronto. So that was, like, the early stages of them coming to Canada. But, like, in San Francisco, in, like, 1973, something happened with a Canadian person in there. I don't know. Okay. Forget it. Either way, both of these therapies are very new. Yeah. It's so funny of... being like, oh, it's 30 years old? That's so new. Yeah. But it's like... like baby. In turn, like... Yeah. Infant stages of a, of a theory. It's... It's so... So like astrology, I always... We always listen, usually separately. Always separately, actually. When <laughs> we listen to, you know, our previous, previous podcast. podcast episodes... Just, I like to know what, how it went. One, the, the bees one. 
and Ghost Probably one. still my favorite. Yeah, but once I listened to it, I realized how much I was saying like. Mm. I said like so much, and I was like, Jesus Christ, stop saying that. Like, it bothered me. So, as you're trying to say this, you're saying like so often. Really? Yeah. See, I don't even notice it. I hope I didn't do it throughout this episode. The astrology one was better. But because you had it written down, that helps, I don't yeah. think you said it as much. That's true. But when you're thinking on the top of your head, it's a filler word. But I had stuff written down for the ghost thing, and I still mm. said it a lot. I'm interesting. It's just one of those things where you, you listen back, and I really thought hearing my own voice, I would cringe. M- my voice isn't what, what it is. It's like some of the things I say, or like, why didn't you say that? You think of that all the time. So with astrology, I was like, I wanted to talk about how I, I wonder if eventually that will be kind of like an alternative therapy, like, oh, we recognize that the energy from the planets impact your personality when you're born. Like, maybe that's an actual real thing. I think you did talk thing. about that. Yeah, I did. But not in the depth that I want. Like, not... I didn't okay. go into it the way I wanted, which I'm not going to now. But I don't remember what the point of this tangent was. Okay, but I want to circle back. Yes, circle. To cu- cults. 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 Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Do we want to make We don't that? need to start a cult, but, like, if this podcast turns into a cult, I'm not going to be mad. Wait, have you been watching The Umbrella Academy? I did, yeah. Have you, Did you finish yeah. it? Yeah. So, you know how Klaus... Spoiler alert! Klaus from but, yeah. The Umbrella Academy um, is Has in... Yeah, the cult. The hello goodbye. Yeah, but I'm like, whoa. Could you imagine, like... Because at a certain point, he was like, guys, like, I'm done with this. I want to I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. I'm and, a fraud. Yeah, and everyone's, yeah, like, it's, cults are such a fascinating phenomenon. Yeah. It, phenomenon they really of human are. human behavior. Because when you see people that, like, the, the cult followers, it's like, most people, I think, can identify with, like, the feeling of, like, how are you believe, like, how are you living your life this way? Like, how do you... But there, there's obviously... But I think we something. all want love and human connections. And I think this is the same things. This is a whole new tangent, but really quickly. Same, for me, same understanding when it comes to gangs. Love, feeling mm-hmm. connected, feeling like a part of a unit that has your back and you have theirs is very similar to a cult where you can fit in I've where they loved you. I've never thought of it that way. I think about this stuff all the time. I, I can't say I really think about gangs very often, but... <laughs> Not I, just like gangs, but like human behavior, how interesting oh. we are. And then it's like comparing one thing cults, but like a gang is a cult, is a cult. in a different way. Yeah. Oh. Re- I was going to say a much more aggressive cult, which some cults are some cults quite are aggressive, but very... I mean, gangs in relation to that. Yeah. But that's actually real, because that's, I mean, people get, go into gangs not be, not because they're like, I want to beat people up. I mean, I don't think. I, you, maybe. <laughs> maybe for some people, but I think it is. Belonging, love, yeah. connection, needs, wants. And vulnerability. Hmm. Right? Like, I think cults, gangs Honestly, when it comes to education, there are a lot of people, like, I think any group of family, the re- any group of family? Any group of... Wow, Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, any Ooh. group of people. But, like, I think it comes down to, like, wanting, family wanting connection, wanting love. Which is 
I mean, a human, a human need. Where where does that fall on Maslow? I feel like I should know this. On Maslow's hierarchy of need, where does so uh yep somewhere it's like I, two, I think it's three? one of the lower ones. No, like it the comes base. to like body. Oh, then that would maybe be under safety and protection. Maybe of like physical needs. Maybe. Anyways, I think we should probably wrap it up there. Yeah, we since we can't see how long this I think, has gone on for. I think we started at 1.30. And now it's like 2. It's almost 3. Oh, um, Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I need the quote of the day. Thank you so much for reminding me. <laughs> Gwen's got the quote of the day today. I do. Okay. So, from a girl, Brene Brown, we love her. Um, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we'll ever do. We got the snaps. Snap, snap, snap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Our email is available. We are here. Uh, open to discussion podcast at gmail.com. Please show your friends, show your family, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Even just play it when you're doing whatever. If you don't actually want to listen to us and want to give us the views. <laughs> yeah, true. Just put us on in the background. Um, but seriously, a big thank you to everyone who's listened and support us, supported us. Yeah. Any kind words. It's meant so much to us. It, ha- it really has. It's, yeah. This is, this is good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.